Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boule. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boule, as always. Man, I just love the NHL schedule sometimes where we just get to have little fun episodes like this where... We have to get creative because there was no abs hockey recently and no news. So we're going to we're going to figure this one out on the fly. Yeah, I mean, the biggest news in abs world is they that Frankie slept through a plane change. That, that, that's that been the peak of abs news these past couple of days. Um, but the abs are officially in Finland. It sounds like they're going on the Miko Rantanen, Arturi Lekkonen tour of everything to do in Finland. And... <laughs> Great for them, but not great for us because there's not a whole lot to talk about when it comes to the abs. Yeah, no no one going up and down waivers, no nothing, really. We're just kind of waiting while they go get to look around Helsinki and Finland and get ready to play the Blue Jackets in a couple of days. Still sitting at 
four, four and one right now. The and earth's falling. Yeah, we're so we're, bad. We're just yeah, we're <laughs> falling. Everyone's passing us. We're terrible. There's currently no team that is in a bigger rut than us, as we will talk about for sure, <clears throat> Toronto. But <laughs> looking ahead towards these games at Columbus, because I guess we should probably talk about them because they're the only thing we really can talk about at the moment. You know, I kind of wrote these games off at the beginning of the season. It's like, oh, they're just going to be kind of pointless to just be in a different venue. So they might be a little different. Now that we're getting close to them, these games actually have a, a little bit of meaning to them because obviously we dropped two in a row. We're at four, four and one. Like every, everything's fine, but you you don't really want to drop to like four, six and one or go one and one. Like you kind of want to come out of Finland feeling good. And on the opposite side in Columbus, uh, they, they've been getting mauled this season. They're at three, seven and oh, they've had Johnny Gaudreau look good, but it's been basically just Johnny Gaudreau running the show. They've had the worst goaltending in the league to start the season, as my fantasy team will attest to. <laughs> and they're at three, seven and oh, like I mentioned. And these games are kind of very important to them because if, if they lose these ones, they're kind of in a world of trouble. So, yeah, they're definitely in a world of trouble. And it's, it's weird because, like you said, I, I didn't expect these games to mean too much, but these could really be a propellant for the Avs to really get going. Um, and like you said with the Blue Jackets, I did you see the money puck of their game against the Devils? Yeah, I think I sent that to you. Where yeah. it was like, what, 7% for them? Like, yeah. The was, Devils mauled them. They absolutely kicked the shit out of the Devils. Or the Devils kicked the shit out of the Blue Jackets, excuse me. And it was not pretty. Um, I think you also sent me something about how they had a players only meeting or a closed door meeting. Those yeah. are always just great for great for a team's morale when you have to have a closed door meeting 10 games into the season. Yeah, 10 games into the season, you're all stuck on a plane together and have to deal with like several days off before their next game. So I imagine we're going to get a pretty pissed off version of the Blue Jackets in Helsinki on Friday and Saturday. So I think these games are going to end up being pretty fun and probably pretty tense i mean you've mentioned it on the past couple episodes it's really funny how all this kind of lines up for the abs right now where they're playing the blue jackets in early november in back-to-back games in the midst of struggling the only difference or at least the difference we're hoping for right now is that the turnaround comes against the blue jackets instead of it being after the blue jackets because last year we lost both games we lost the first one in overtime. That was that Bo Byram masterclass game. And then the next one was just a just a stinker, like all around. Was that Devontae's first game back? That was. Whatever? And just a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, it was a whole lot of nothing. And I think these games are going to be more – I don't think the Avs are going to blow the Blue Jackets out at all. No. Uh, just because of the factor that you're playing in a different fucking country – I think that plays a uh, a big part of it, but I I just I think the Avs can pull it out. It's just going to be they have they they can't overlook the Blue Jackets because I feel like in both games they had last year they kind of overlooked the Blue Jackets a little bit, and the Blue Jackets were better last year. I think we can agree on that. Like they, they were a much better team at this point last year. I mean, it, it's an interesting thing, at least at least record. I don't remember the Blue Jackets record. You'll have to forgive me that I'm not that up to date with my Blue Jackets lore. I don't remember their record at 10 games last year. But you could argue maybe they could be a better team so far this season. I mean, obviously, they have Johnny Gaudreau. Patrick Lyon is back from his elbow injury. 
I mean, they have a pretty decent team, but I just don't know if it's going to be enough to even break out a last in the Metro. Like, we're we're going to talk about a, a bunch of around the NHL stuff after we're done talking about this Blue Jackets game. If we're going to talk about the Metro specifically, like the Devils, the Metro's a bunch of killers. Yeah. Like, if the Blue Jackets lose these two games, like they might be screwed. Like they might just have to throw it in at that point because they're going to be behind. I think they're already screwed. I kind of agree, but that's <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, yeah. if if they drop these two games and fall to three and nine on the season, or like three eight and one, I just I don't know what they're supposed to do at that point. When like the 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 next closest team in front of them in the Metro is the the Penguins, who are having a classic with the Bruins right now as we're talking. Like the Islanders look really good. The Caps, they're at the Caps. They are the definition of mid. They yeah. are a mid hockey team with a bunch of injuries and good goaltending because of Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren. Not much else. I will save that for later. Like the Flyers are working hard. They look better than expected. The Rangers look pretty good. The Devils are wagging right now. And the Hurricanes look like the Carolina Hurricanes that we were expecting. Like it's a battle to even get in a seventh in the Metro right now. The Blue Jackets, they do not have a ton of room to fail. No, they don't have a ton of room to fail. And that's why I think these games are going to be a lot more competitive than people are thinking. Um, for the Avs perspective of it, you, you get Val back, which is going to be yes. absolutely massive. We we talked about in the last episode. I mean, Val is probably the MVP of the team right now next to I, Georg- Georgiev. I think, I think it's pretty – between him and Georgiev, I'd say it's 1A and 1B. But if you're picking a skater, it's not even close. Yeah, it, it's Val. Um and the good news is, is I mean, you still have, I mean, Miko Ranton's cooled off a little bit. Um, Mac has been Mac, but it's not, it hasn't been like, you haven't had a Nathan McKinnon game yet where he just. Well, that's awesome the thing is like McKinnon has probably had the best start to a regular season in his career. Like he's got 12 points in nine games right now. Yep. And even then you can say he's probably still has another gear to get to, which is a very scary thought for the rest yes. of the NHL. I mean, he's still scoring two points a game, but we haven't seen the. Nathan McKinnon takeover game yet. And I, I honestly think we could see it in um, these two games in Finland, but man, I mean, that, that's, that's the good part is the abs are not playing super great, but they still are like waiting for a couple players really to go off. Yeah. Like that, like that's the thing, like the difference between our slow start and like the Maple Leaf. So slow start, which we can talk about later in the episode is like, we very clearly have another level that we're going to get to. Things just aren't totally clicking right now, but everybody knows that they will eventually. This was the same thing that happened last season, like almost to a T. We have the exact same record as we did at the end of October last season. Now we're playing the Blue Jackets again. Yeah, and funny how all of that lines up. And like we said, like McKinnon's been excellent. He's picking up multi-point games, but still hasn't had that big takeover game yet. And you have Val, who's at 12 points and seven goals. Rantanen's at 11 points. Like, Kale McCarr hasn't even picked up a goal yet, but he still has eight points in nine games. He's still been an assist machine. There's still so much that can start to go right for these guys, and they've, they've gotten a total lack of depth scoring. Even without any moves being made, I can't imagine that's going to stay the same for much longer. Like, you're going to start to get a Cogliano to put a puck in the net every here and there. Logan O'Connor is going to get a few. I think Finland is going to be a big test for Alex Newhook just to yes. see what he's going to be able to do. 
Technically, technically he has the last goal for the team. Yeah, right technically now. is the last goal. And I, I would love to see Bednar give him a little bit more leash. Uh, you are playing a team that's struggling. So maybe if the abs can jump out to an early lead, we see Newhook get maybe like 18 minutes of ice time, which is a lot for him. Um, but I would love to see that the depth scoring has to start scoring eventually. Right. Like they're, they're creating chances. Like it's not like they've just been completely terrible. Yeah. I mean, we talk about depth. We're talking about like new hook and comp for like guys that are playing for the fourth line. I just, I just don't know if they will. I mean, you have to play to score goals. So Comfort has looked good, but it's we when we talked about JT Comfort on his uh, preview episode back over the summer, he kind of looks exactly how we expected. Like he he's JT Comfort still. He's not different. He's gonna have thirty five points at the end of the season. Yes, he's he's consistent in that aspect. But I I have thought that he's been more dangerous with his playmaking skills uh, these past couple games. That I think a goal's coming for him. I really do. Yeah, if I if I'm gonna make one prediction for Finland, JT Comper is gonna get on the board. Maybe it's an empty netter. Maybe it's a power play tip. But th- there's just a lot of like, it's a sleeping giant right now for the abs. And we know that. We know that they're a sleeping giant, that this team's going to wake up eventually. It's just they haven't woken up yet. And once they do, I would not be surprised that they rattle off like five of seven wins or six of seven wins here pretty oh, soon. Question. But before the end of November, I fully expect them to go on a big run that's going to absolutely propel them up the central standings. And by, by the end of the year, we're going to wonder why we even had a question in October at all. Cause that's just always how it works yeah. in the early season, especially for good teams like the abs. It, sometimes it just takes a second. Things are going to be fine. And I, like the depth is not as good as it was last year. I think we all know that acknowledge that and understand that. And it's going to get better as it goes on. They're going to identify guys that are going to help. I just don't, someone's going to have to make an impression, but even above the fourth line, there are still a bunch of things that are going to work out and really going to start to propel this team. We also, were just so spoiled last year with how good this team was that there's just no way they could repeat what they did last oh, year. I, it's, it's like we said over the summer. It's like saying the abs aren't going to be, and right now are not as good as they were last year is not an insult. That team is probably as close to a perfect roster construction as probably I've ever seen in my life. They had they had the best star power in the NHL. They had incredible depth. They had the best defenseman in the world. They had the best defensive depth in the world. They had Darcy Kemper, who during the regular season was a killer from January on, was arguably a top three goalie in the league, and arguably at points was the best. He had a backup in Frankie who was perfectly capable. Like this team had everything except the success to back it up and now they have that and now they just don't have the same amount of depth it that's the that's the price you pay when you win a cup is all those things have to happen and i did see that darren helm went on the trip so maybe we see darren helm play i mean i don't know why they'd fly him out to finland if he's not going to play right i mean it might also it might also be the kind of it might also be the kind of thing where it's like you just want to be with the team kind of thing where it's like you're healthy enough that you probably don't need like super intense physical therapy back in Colorado. I don't know if he's going to play, but also might be the kind of thing. It's like, it's just fun. Like we're going to be in Finland for a week. I just want to be with the guys. Get away from the kids. <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. Like, Oh no, I have to go. Sorry, babe. They're forcing me to go. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I saw he was there and I was like, that's interesting. Like I wouldn't expect a guy who's not 
going to be like maybe if there's an injury he plays but I, like they did call up Eustace Annanen which that makes sense I, I'm sure there's like a special waiver that you can bring a third goalie um, yeah it's like just or, on, on an emergency basis where the you don't want to be a guy down and then fastest way to get him for these two games is to stick him on a flight to Helsinki for like 12 hours for like a four-hour game and they has to fly back yeah it, it wouldn't be pretty but I'm interested to see because if Darren Helm comes back that he's not going to bring an offensive punch, but him and Cogliano just work so well together on a line. Their energy just matches up and they, they can get a lot going. And if you throw Dryden Hunt in there too, that's a pretty killer fourth line. That's a, that's a very frustrating line to play against. Like you you go back to the playoffs. Darren Helm was a monster against the lightning. Like Helm, if he, if he came back for this game or both of these two games against Columbus and played the rest of the season, I think we would be ecstatic if he scored 10 goals for the entire time. Oh, if he scores five, I'll be happy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. My point, like the guy's not going to be scoring in the regular season, but he's going to bring his skating. He's always been a very good skater and the penalty kill has looked a lot better over the last couple of games, but you add him back into that mix too. It's the penalty kill is just going to look a lot more structured and you're going to have a lot more confidence in it. Yeah. You're going to have a lot more confidence. So you get him back. I think that just adds just another good NHL forward, which they need. They they need good NHL forwards right now because it's obvious Bednar only trusts nine of them. Yeah, like uh, you're you're just gonna, you're gonna need a Maltsev pushed out of the lineup here. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get there. I, I, it's just gonna be um, you just need to kind of troop through these like next couple months until Landy's back, and then when Landy gets back, this top six is really fucking good. Yeah. Like, I really, really fucking good. I really think once we hit February, I depth is just not going to be that big a concern anymore. Of again, knock on wood, barring injuries, a healthy Avs team even before they make moves, like the depth is not what it was last year. Let's not make any notion to the contrary. The depth is not what it was last year before moves right now. But you get Landeskog back, you get Helm back, you're probably pushing Maltsev and Kaut out of the lineup at a certain point. You're bumping Dryden Hunt down to the fourth line. You're moving Cogliano and Helm down to the fourth line. And all of a sudden, things look a lot better. You yes. at least are you are fielding at least 12 forwards, NHL caliber forwards that your coach trusts, which is a big step up on what it is right now. Then you get to the trade deadline. I, I imagine they're adding like two forwards at the deadline. Maybe, maybe like an extra defenseman. That might be a lot of moves to make, but... I imagine they're going to add at least a top nine guy, like a, a guy you can get for maybe like a fifth or sixth round pick just to throw on the fourth line and maybe a pending like, UFA. Yeah. A sixth, seventh defenseman or something like that. Again, we are nine games into the season way too early to be talking about trade deadline stuff. But when game one of the playoff rolls around, my point is we are not going to be having this conversation. No. We're not going to, I mean, look at what Tampa did last year. They retooled their whole third line at the trade deadline. Yeah. Like you can do that. It, it doesn't have to stick with what you have. Um, so I, I'm excited to see how these two games go because I've grown to the idea that these are kind of fun. Like it adds like a little bit of like something different into this monotonous regular season, which is what it's going to be for the abs. It's just going to be monotonous. Um, so it's going to be good to get a little bit of a different type of feel for um, some abs hockey. The only thing that sucks is the game start at noon for me. And I got to work. That's that's the only downside of these games is I is I have to work. So, um, I, I'm really excited to see these games. I I do think the Abs are going to win both these games. 
I just don't think they're going to be in blowout fashion. No, I think I think the first game especially possibly could go to overtime. I think it's going to be a one goal game. I think the abs are going to win it. And then the second one, I think it's going to be close most of the way with the abs are just, they're going to get one that's going to break the blue jacket spirit and they're going to pull away late. Yeah. And I mean, you could pretty much book it that Miko Ranson is going to score a goal. Oh, uh, yeah. That that's going to be the easiest bet of my life. And then I think Arturi Lekkonen is going to get one too. Yeah. So like, why not bet on the fins? Yeah. Bet on the fins. Um, I think they're going to be fun games. I, I really do. Um, it's just going to be what abs team are we going to, are we going to get the abs team that played against the Rangers? Or are we going to get the abs team that played against the devils? Cause it's, that's really the question for this team right now is, yeah. Are we, getting, we know what's in there for them. Like we saw the Rangers game. We saw the Rangers game. It was a almost a perfect hockey game. Yeah. I mean, them. it was a great game. I mean, are we, are we going to get the abs team that played the Islanders in the first and second period? Or are we going to get the ones <laughs> that played in the third period? I hope not the third period. Yeah, I I really hope not. But yeah, I think these games are going to be fun. I think you you look at them on paper and you go, oh, the Avs are going to crush them. I don't think that's going to be the case. I mean, the the Blue Jackets are, I think, a little better than their record suggests. Just three and seven is not befitting of a team with Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Laine on the same line. But their their goaltending deserves. I will say this. I fully expect Elvis Merzlikens to go off in the game he's playing. Oh, yeah, you know he's going to. Simply because he hates me. Because I took a big chance on him in our fantasy draft in both of my leagues. And I'm like, oh, I got a steal in Elvis Merzlikens. This is is the steal of the draft right here. He's going to be great this year. Literally the worst goalie in the NHL right now. I think I said he may be a sneaky Vesna candidate at the beginning of the year. I think I, I was hyping him up too. Well, I didn't. I didn't go that far. I was like, oh, for my second goalie slot, I was like, oh, that Elvis Merzlikens. I can get him late in the draft. I don't have to worry about goalie until I, at all, really. I get a good goalie early on. I'll pick up Merzlikens in like the last two rounds. Literally the worst. Single-handedly sunk my team for two straight weeks. <laughs> I dropped him, and now I know for an absolute undeniable fact he's going to make forty saves. Oh, hundred percent. He, he he always does against the abs, but he always has good games against the abs and it's going to be, um, it's, I, you, you said that now it's just totally what's going to happen. Yeah. Like it's just that it's just written in the stars. It absolutely is. It's going to do that to spite me. And it's going to be really funny because he's, he's not going to have a better game than the one he plays against the abs this season. This is going to be his best game. And everyone's going to get their hopes back up thinking like, Oh, he's, he's back. And then he'll go back to sucking immediately after and give up like six goals to the fucking um, who's a bad team like the Coyotes. Yeah. Well, he did. Yeah, he did. He did. He, he literally did that. He did do that. Like he literally did that. So I know I saw it. It lost me the week. <laughs> it literally lost me the week. All that Penguins Bruins game went to overtime. Oh yeah, I'm watching it right now. The Bruins tied it with like a 75 seconds left. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, this is we're we're truly stalling for time right now, but um, I, I think we're both in agreement. Av should win both these games. If they lose one, how concerned are you going to be? It depends on the loss. I mean, if it goes to to overtime and they lose off a of fluky bounce, I'm not going to be too upset. If they lose five to two, that's going to be probably concerning. It's all, I won't be concerned really until after this trip and they're still losing because then we're beyond the point of last season. Cause even if they lose, I I'll be upset if they lose both of these games, I'll say that, but if they go one and one, I can write that off as it's overseas. You're playing another team who's desperate. 
but if they're if like if we're talking about in a couple of weeks like we're playing the blues or the hurricanes and we've gone like one two and one in that stretch too then i'll start to be like okay something something's probably got to change here yeah so, i mean I, I think it's going to be fine i'm really not going to get concerned until then as long as they win one of these games i think it'll Agreed. be great i mean you, their schedule is pretty pretty tough when they get back i mean nashville's always a tough game um carolina that's gonna be a great game that's, that's saturday game. that's gonna be a fantastic hockey game um why would they do this to us? Carolina twice in two weeks and a oh, week yeah. basically. Oh yeah, less than a week. Yeah, we come back. It's Nashville, Carolina, St. Louis. Granted, those three are at home, yeah. and you hit the road for Carolina. Then you're going to Washington, Dallas, Vancouver, back to back Nashville. De- did we have that exact same back to back last year? Yes, I swear to God, we did. I think it was flip flop though. I think oh, we yeah. played Dallas at home and then Nashville on the road. Yeah, it was. Oh, that we wait, played... we do play Dallas at home. Yeah, sorry yeah. first. Well, no, I think it was Nashville at home and Dallas on the road. So you yeah. are right. It was flip-flopped. And then we end the month with Winnipeg. So this is not an easy month by any by any stretch. On paper, these are your two easiest games. Yes. I mean, Vancouver is always iffy, but Vancouver doesn't look very good. Yeah. But Va- Vancouver, yeah. by that point, they're either going to be a wagon or the, they're the worst team in the NHL. And you can – I'm going to say right now, you can probably chalk up that Saturday the 19th game against Washington – Washington's going to have their best performance of the year. Bullshit, dude. This, the, abs are, <laughs> the abs are so due to kick the shit out of them. They're due, but the Caps always play well against the abs. They always do. As I know, it's true. But the, like, the Caps are just so banged up to shit. Like, they just lost Connor Brown for eight months. Oshie's out indefinitely. They just lost Beck Malenstein like two hours ago. They're still going to have no Backstrom. They're still going to have no Wilson. It, the, the only chance they have is Darcy Kemper stands on his head, which is a distinct possibility. Okay, for everyone listening, you want to hear a team that you should panic about? Listen to what Griffin just said. What we've talked about the avalanche, there is no reason to panic. Like what Griffin just laid out for the Caps is the perfect example of what a team should be that's panicking. Oh, I, I fully believe the Caps are going to miss the playoffs right now. Like the, the Metro is full of killers. And they are they're they're mid. They're a mid hockey team. I think they can hit 90 points. I think they will get close to that at least, and that's not gonna get them to the playoffs. The East that may still keep them 15 points out. <laughs> yeah, that, that exactly, well, exactly what I mean. The East is full of killers this season. The metro specifically, like 90 points might get you seventh. Yeah. Maybe like they're they're five, four, and one or five, four, and two right now. I should have you sure. opened the possibility to maybe you win the lottery and get Connor Bedard. I have not even opened my mind to that because that is simply not something that's going to happen. It's simply not going to happen. In so NHL rig, could you imagine Bedard setting up Ovechkin for the fucking record-breaking goal? If the if the NHL is going to rig something, then I imagine they'd make it a little cooler than that. I don't think they care about the Caps. I don't know. It's a big TV market. I'm just saying, man. Maybe this could be a blessing in disguise that this is the one year you suck and you get a Connor Bedard. I mean, if there's a year to suck, it's this one. Yeah, this is a absolutely legendary draft. The thing is, if the Cavs get a top three pick, they pick they pick Mishkov just because they love their Russians. Oh yeah, they think they're getting the next uh, Alex Ovechkin. Well, that well Mishkov is the best Russian prospect yeah. since Ovechkin. That's what I read today. So yeah, that's awesome. the only thing I know about prospects. <laughs> but just if, if you're an Avs fan, like our our team's not like the Caps right now, where everyone's hurt oh, and you just have the, no idea. Better if, example than the Caps is Toronto. Yes. Toronto is a fucking mess right now. They have, I think, they're one point ahead of us even 
and the, the literal sky is falling. It's not an exaggeration anymore. The Maple Leafs are in full meltdown mode. They lost all four games of their road trip, I believe, or something like that. At least in the California trip, they go 0-1-2. and They lose to the Sharks. They lose to the Kings. And then they lose to the Ducks, blowing that 3-1 to lead. And, like, we always talk about, like, oh, Toronto media and everything. They just they take things so seriously all the time. Everything's blown out of proportion. I don't think this is blown out of proportion anymore. Like, I, I think this team is fragile, and they're in big trouble. Well, I, I think I was listening to Steve Dangle um talk oh my god that cadre goal was dirty he scored tonight i don't know if you saw it totally off topic um but i was listening to steve dangle talk they don't have like they're just a bunch of superstars and they don't have that grit they just don't have a gritty point like it's wayne simmons and that's it they don't have an identity and the thing is like people like oh they need tougher players no they just need their guys to stop being so scared like look at the look at the ducks game they call the timeout while they were winning they had a player get benched for turnovers, throw a tantrum in the locker room on camera, and then two minutes later, come back because the coach blinked on his punishment and needed him. Like, you do not see this kind of stuff from a healthy team at all. Like, it's it's genuinely getting kind of sad at this point. It's funny, though. Did you see the rumor today that Barry Trotz bought a house in Toronto? I did, I did see that. <laughs> I also saw he's looking to become a general manager. Oh, he would be so bad as a GM. I he would be terrible. He would just I, take all the thirty-nine-year-olds and see, he'd like he, be he'd be Lou Lou Lamorello times like infinity. Hook the words right out of my mouth. He would be Lou Lamorello. The Barry Trotz loves his old guys. He loves his veterans. He would build the worst team I've ever seen. I can't wait for this to get archived and then brought up in five years when Barry Trotz like leads the fucking Sharks to a Stanley Cup or something super fast. But, oh, man, I mean, Toronto just I, – I just don't know how Leafs fans are doing this right now. I don't know how you can support this team. Like, they're just – there's not much to cheer for. No, and, I mean, it's like Matthews and Marner have not been good. Like, they just have, like, Matthews – You're we were expecting Matthews could maybe get 60 goals this year. He's not been good. How, how is he, what does he have right now? Two? Yeah. And he got off to a slow start last year, but that was because he was coming off of wrist surgery. Right. He that was the thing about what he did. He scored sixty goals in what, like seventy games, because he had like a and he did that with a hurt wrist. It's just not being Marner's been really bad, and I like Mitch Marner. I think he takes way too much flack, but it's I, just I, I am, yeah. Right now, like I've always thought that too. My tune on Mitch Marner has changed very quickly this season. With especially like the first thing I said, he was like, why is Sheldon Keefe apologizing to the media for what he said about the stars? Because Mitch Marner was upset about it. And he throws this temper tantrum against the Ducks the other night after bench for two shifts because he's playing like ass and then gets called upon anyway. And is basically saying, oh, the media, it's the media. They're trying they're trying to put shambles in our brains, whatever the fuck that means. (laughs) I don't know, man. It's just the Leafs are. They have no like their goaltending hasn't even been their Achilles heel. Yeah, I mean, their goaltending was going to be bad, and it's been okay. It's it been league been average, I would say. I mean, Sam Sonov has been passable. Matt Murray got hurt one game in, and they've had Eric Shalgren playing as well. Who would have guessed Matt Murray would get fucking hurt? Oh yeah, wait, who, literally everybody, <laughs> literally everybody. But it's just like I always think Toronto media blows things out of proportion. And I just get so sick of hearing about it, but. What has this team done in six years to ever deserve a break? 
at all. Like you look at our record and the, the Leafs record, they have one more overtime loss than us. They're a point ahead of us. And so you can make the reasonable, reasonable questions like, well, what are the Leafs doing right now that the apps aren't doing? Like why we should calm down. Like just look at the abs. Well, we won last season and we know we're going to be fine. Like no one, no one, no reasonable person, the abs fan base looks at this team and says, we're in trouble. Well, and you thought about the Avs, their two biggest question marks were depth, which we're still waiting on, and goaltending, but goaltending's been absolutely fantastic. It's been brilliant. It's been better than expected. Yeah, it's been leaps and bounds above what's been expected. And it's just, I don't know how you can continue to run this team out there as Toronto with everything that's gone on. Like, I've, I've always give credit to players and give them time to like get over humps. Cause it's hard to win in professional sports. It is very hard. hard. The Maple Leafs are just, their identity is losing and the, you can't keep the score together anymore. You keep Matthews. Obviously you, you finish out the season. You've made your bed. You can't like trade Mitch Marner mid season or anything. You, you could, could, you wouldn't get a good return for you. Could, you could, but it would be a terrible return. Cause he makes $11 million. And just what indication is it that this year is going to be different after seeing what we've seen already nine games in people are at each other's throats. People are ready to give up. Players are crying to the media about the media, the pressures on the coach. Like I just don't, I don't see a path forward for this team anymore. You talked about it. I think the reason why abs fans aren't freaking out and why Leafs fans are freaking out the Western conference fucking stinks. It is bad. And the East, like you said, there could be, uh, if we think hypothetically, if there weren't conferences, how many teams out of the East do you think would make the playoffs? Hypothetically. <sighs> of the 16. I have to very quickly look at. Of the 16, I mean, right now, I think you're probably talking about like, I don't know, man, maybe 10? 10, 10 teams? That's what maybe? I mean. Yeah. Like there's 10 teams. And in the West, like you, you can pretty much mark up the abs. I think Vegas looks really good. I think Vegas, if they stay healthy, will make it. Edmonton. And I think LA is kind of on the fringe. And Cal- Calgary's only played. Oh, I forgot games. about Cal- yeah, they're Calgary. Picked, well, that's what I mean. Like they play, they're playing their eighth game right now. They're fine, I think. Yeah. But yeah, like it's us, Vegas, Edmonton, and Calgary. Like th- those are the surefire top of the West right now. Other, other teams are going to get better. Other teams are going to emerge. Dallas looks good. Minnesota's rattled off a couple wins in a row. But as it stands right now, those are the four. The East is a bunch of axe murderers right now. Like, like you have a team like New Jersey, who is, in terms of expected goals, like on like the pace of the President's Trophy winning abs from the, the COVID shortened season where we just played a bunch of garbage teams all year. Like, they're on that kind of pace. Like, we talked about that Blue Jackets game. They mauled them. Seven to one. The deserved winnow meter was like 92% New Jersey. They mauled them. They're defensively, they look amazing. Offensively, they're scoring. Their only question mark is in net. And Vatacek's been decent for them, at least. The Sabres, are they a wagon? Oh, dude, I love the Buffalo Sabres, man. I fucking love the Buffalo Sabres. I want them to be good so bad. And it's early in the year. I'm ready to overreact on the Sabres because I think they're fucking awesome. I think they are a super fun team to watch. And they're, they're to me, kind of just like the Devils where it's like, I think they have the talent up front, but the goaltending is really going to have to stand on its head. Like, are we going to trust Craig Anderson? Like, I don't know. I like Eric Holmberg a lot. 
I don't know if Craig Anderson trusts Craig Anderson. Dude's 40. Yeah, that's true. But I just, I, the East is so like, we knew the East was going to be really good, but we didn't think that these middling, like, I think everyone could project that like New Jersey and Buffalo in like two, three years are going to be like, there's going to be a swing in power. They're going to be horses. Yeah. They're going to be fantastic. And I don't think anyone predicted this to be the year that they do it, but goddamn, they're making a run for it early in the season. Yeah. It still might not be. It's still very early in the season, but for the devils, like, man, from what we have seen from them so far, that to me screams, yep, this this is the year for the Devils. They're going to make the playoffs. Maybe it's a wild card. Maybe it's top three in the Metro, but they're going to make the playoffs. And we're going to see what like a Jack Hughes and a Nico Heischer can do in the playoffs. For Buffalo, I don't know if it's sustainable, but I mean, you got Rasmus Dahlin, who took a massive step forward this season. You had six points from Tage Thompson the other night. I mean, they killed the Red Wings eight to three. You've got Alex Tuck, who looks really good early on. Like they have a lot of pieces. There's a reason why I want the Avs to get Alex Tuck, man. I think he is just such a perfect player for the Avs. I love Alex Tuck, but it's also the thing he's from Buffalo. So of course he would be, he would be included in the, the Jack Eichel trade, but like they, they finally have guys that are playing at a point per game. Like Jeff Skinner has eight points in nine games. Victor Olofsson has six goals. Like Casey Middlestat, has seven points. Dylan Cousins is really starting to break out. He's got six points in nine games. Like even like a a washed up Kyle Ocposo has six assists in nine games. Like things are just working for the Sabres right now. Craig Anderson is a 946 right now. What? Like that that is ridiculous. And he is undefeated. You, you ready for this one? He has saved 92 or hey, he's had 92 shots against him. How many goals has he given up? Just give me a number. I'm going to try and do a quick math. 89. So he's had 89 saves, so three goals allowed. Well, no, he's he's had 92 shots against him. How many goals has he given up? Uh, I'm going to go four. He's given up five goals the entire season so far. Like that's Pretty solid. That's like, wild. I don't know if that's sustainable, but I really like what Buffalo's doing. I think they're going to be really good in a couple of years, and – it, it kind of sucks because they're going to be too good to get Bedard. Do you imagine was, if this team got Bedard? I was I was going to say, like, they're probably taking themselves out of the Connor Bedard situation by playing this well. But it's like, it feels good in Buffalo for the first time. I feel more confident in the Devils just because, like, Craig Anderson is just such a house of cards at this point. Like The, the guy's 41. You really cannot expect a 41-year-old to, A, stay healthy and, B, sustain this level of play. So I think Buffalo is a little more rickety. I think they're going to miss in the long term. Oh, I agree. Yeah, New Jersey, I think I think New Jersey's going to make it from what we've seen so far. But I love the Sabres. I really hope they make it. I oh, really playoff think. hockey in Buffalo, dude? Fucking sign me up. Absolutely man. killer. That'd be great. But the Devils, I mean, kudos to the Abs. They only allowed one goal to the Devils, and it was a power oh. play. So maybe that game wasn't as bad as we thought, even though it, it was pretty bad. <laughs> it, it was pretty bad. But like you look at like what they did to the Blue Jackets the other night, the seven to one, they pumped the Red Wings six to two before they played us. Like they look like they've kind of figured it out. Yeah. And I, I think the devil, I like Jack Hughes a lot. I mean, they're just a good young team. Like they kind of remind me of the abs like before they really took off. Yeah, I can kind of see that there too. They don't have they don't have Mikael McCarr, but no, hard. but Dougie Hamilton is not he's not terrible. He's not terrible. He, he was definitely like a by a number one defenseman. They did not really grow one organically. 
but they're they're a good team. I don't know if they're, they're I don't think they're gonna win the Metro or anything crazy like that, but playoffs, especially if the caps are falling off, it's definitely a chance. There's definitely a chance. And I'm trying to think who else in the I mean the Lightning, I love it because the Lightning have not been like super good to start the year, but no one like no one even is blinking an eye because it's oh. like who cares? Like, it's like the they're, they're six and four. Like yeah. it's it's not even a bad start worth talking about because they have a winning record and we yeah. all know that they're going to be fine. Yeah. So like the Lightning are still solid. The Panthers have kind of concerned me a little bit. Um it just they just look kind of mid, like the Cavs. Yeah. Th- their defense is terrible. Um, Bobrovsky has not been good these past couple games. My fantasy team will tell you that. Um drafted Bobrovsky, bro. <laughs> don't even get me started, man. Um but like the Panthers, I think they're still a playoff team, but they're not as good as we thought. Ottawa's kind of cooled down a little bit. I, I still I still don't have super high hopes for Ottawa. But the East in general is just fucking awesome. Like, I am so glad the Avs are in the West because the East is a fucking... I, I think the East, if you win the East, you, you should get, like, an honorary trophy other than the Clarence Camp or the Prince of Wales trophy because you should get, like, first and a half place if you yeah, get like to the if, East. If the Avs go to the Stanley Cup final again, like, they're going to get a bruised and battered team oh yeah like it's it's gonna be a eight killers making that making a run there well i don't even think the east is like i don't think there's a clear-cut runaway best team in there either well right now the bruins are nine and one yeah the bruins look that's that's surprising to me 10 games in they've lost one game brad marchand did marchand play today i don't know if he yeah he did he scored so he's played so he's played two games so far this season it looks like charlie mcavoy is ahead of schedule they're getting guys back and they're off to this good of a start. Our concern with the Bruins coming into this season was they're going to be good, but can they survive until they get those guys back? Unequivocally, yes. Now they're going to get those guys back. This is before the trade deadline where I imagine they're going to add some guys for like a, a last dance kind of run with this core. They might be right now runaways unless they totally fall off because next closest is the Rangers who have 14 points in Carolina. I guess in points per game wise, it's Carolina at 722. But yeah, I like Carolina a lot too. But like to me, like there's no clear cut team in the East where you're like that team is going to should be the favorite. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, it's Finally time to hit the ice again, and thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. The Avalanche starting in just a week against the Chicago Blackhawks for their home opener, going up against the Calgary Flames the next night. Following that up just a couple days later against the Minnesota Wild, this season is going to get off to a bang right away, and you can get in on all of the action with DraftKings Sportsbook every single night, from money line to puck line to individual player props. No matter what you're thinking of, DraftKings has got it for you. And if that's not enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. And best of all, 
DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, I, st- I still think it's Carolina. I still like Tampa a lot, man. I, yeah. I just do. Just Vasilevsky. Just get, you tell me you have Andre Vasilevsky. I'll take Andre Vasilevsky. I totally agree. But I just think, like, at a certain point, three Stanley Cup finals. Eventually, before you get there, it's going to take a toll in a playoff yeah. series. You You already started to see it. A little bit in the yeah, Rangers with Point series. getting hurt, Sorelli yeah. got hurt. Yeah, and in the Rangers series, they dropped two to nothing, and they had to really dig to win those next four games. Yeah. And I don't think it's a coincidence that there there were just points in the final where the Avs just walked all over them. Yeah, so we'll see. It, it's the East is really exciting. The West, I mean, who's really a surprise in the West? I think everyone kind of agreed that if Vegas could get average goaltending, they were going to be a good team. Like, they're, getting, they're getting elite goaltending. Yeah, they're getting really good goaltending, and everyone so far has stayed healthy. Um, so I, I don't really think – is there really a shock out in the West? I mean, the Oilers are good. We thought the Oilers were going to be good. I'm a little surprised that the Flames are as cohesive as they are right now. Yeah, but, I mean, you look at the top three, Vegas, Calgary, Edmonton. That looks pretty good. Dallas has been a little surprising. They they look more competent than I was expecting. Jake, Jake Ottinger is the Vesna favorite right now. And unfortunately, he's out for three weeks or something like that. Yeah, I didn't even see where he got hurt. Yeah, well, like it was against the Rangers. Shocker. Yeah. But is, he looks like he's going to run away with the Vesna once he comes back. Winnipeg has been okay so far. I don't think they're even worth oh, talking about. Like, that team, they need to trade. Like, they, they're just like, what are you going to do? You're going to make the playoffs and then nothing else? Like, you're just stuck in no man's land. Like, they aren't yeah. a cup contender. Yeah, I think they're fine with that, though. I don't know. They go to, they got to keep the fan base engaged. Yeah. It sucks because they realistically, they should start trading assets right now and get younger and just build around Connor and Ehlers, but they're, they've been too good so far. Well, Kyle Connor, as my fantasy team will tell you fucking sucks right now. He is <laughs> killing me because in our, in our league, I drafted Pasternak in my other league. I drafted Connor over Pasternak and that fucking sucks. Yeah. That's not good for you right now. No, it's not at all. And do do we want to talk about the Blackhawks? Are they better than we expected? I uh, no, not yet. I mean, they're still like I, I think that's just an early season. Like they're kind of pushing through it right now. I think they're going to come back down to earth. Like their GM can't be happy. He did not think they were going to be this good. No, not at all. I think it's the kind of thing where like the thing I said about the Blackhawks coming into the season is I don't I didn't think they were going to be close to the Coyotes because you look at their lineup. It's full of NHL players. They're not good NHL players, but they are NHL players. I think they're a team that's just kind of taking people by surprise, where it's like, oh, wait, Patrick Kane's still really good. We have to actually, like, play still. Jonathan Taves actually looks better this year, too. Yeah, that he's been pretty decent for the most part. Max Domi looks decent, too, but that's the thing. Like I think once we hit December, we're going to be like, oh, the Blackhawks are terrible. You want to hear my thoughts? I I really think Jonathan Taves is going to be an Av. I know. I know. I know. I hate that, but I know. I hate it, but I really think he's going to because he's a center. You probably get like Chicago to retain like three fourths of the half the salary. They have to. There's, there's simply no other way to make that work. Like I, I hate it, but 
I really think he's going to be an Av. I yeah, really do. I've, unfortunately, I, I didn't want to bring it up just because I don't want to speak it into existence, but I unfortunately agree. It and just it just makes sense, doesn't it, it? it? He'd be that veteran leadership, and like he's a real piece of shit, like a yeah, real piece I, of shit guy. I will if even if Taze is on the team, I'm not gonna overlook the whole Kyle Beach saga and everything, and just yeah. how fucking awfully he handled that. I'm not gonna sing his praises, but I'll treat him like a member of the team. Yeah, I I wouldn't feel good about it, but it's just gonna be like. I, he just, I, I just don't know why, but I, I just have a feeling he's going to remember. Oh, I, I totally agree. I was, I had that thought earlier today, actually. It's like, man, this, that's going to happen, isn't it? The Blackhawks are going to tank and they're, we're going to trade a first and something for Jonathan Taze. It's going to be a big deal and we're going to get him back and he's going to actually be really fucking good on this team because he'll be buried on the second line and you're throwing him out there with like a Valnachushkin and a Lekin in and it's probably gonna work really well and it's really gonna suck yeah and i don't know how much he's gonna cost because i don't think people really want like they want kane they don't want jonathan Taves. yeah Taves might get lost in the shuffle like kane just makes sense on the oilers or the rangers or something like that They're, we're not getting patrick kane i can say no that. we don't need patrick kane no we don't but jonathan like, Taves makes a lot of sense yeah, for this team especially man. down the middle like especially if new hook isn't panning out super well at second line center I, I have I really have not looked forward to or I haven't looked at the trade deadline too much so far just because like I said earlier we are so early into the season but I mean that just unfortunately kind of makes sense doesn't it I don't know what he'd cost I doubt a first round pick for him I I think they're gonna ask for a first I mean it's Jonathan Taze yeah but... especially if he's playing at the the rate he is which is like just under a point per game right now you're getting a second line center. I think they're going to ask for a first. Maybe you can talk them down from it. I don't know. I it, it's it just I I was thinking about it today too, just like you, and I'm like, that's going to suck when he's going to be a member of the Abs. Yeah, that's it, really like we're sense. we're preemptively coping. Yeah, like it's going to suck, but it just from a hockey's perspective, it makes so much sense. And uh, I hate that I said it. I'm sorry I spoke it into existence, but I've just been thinking about it lately, and I'm like, he's playing better this year. Could you imagine if he's remotivated by playing for a winner? Like, oh God. I'm, I'm just quickly trying to look at like, is there anyone, any other like big name center that we could land at the deadline? Like the Red Wings are not going to trade Dylan Larkin. Nope. Red I, Wings have been surprisingly pretty solid to start. Yeah. And I don't think the Jets are going to trade Dubois by the deadline. Nope. Horvat, the Canucks are probably going to extend him. Yep. Because that's what the whole, that's what the Canucks do. That's what I they mean, do. Does like what about Blake Wheeler's a winger, right? Yeah, Wheeler's a winger. Like Sean Monahan, I imagine we might be able to get him kind of cheap, maybe. Yeah, but like second still... line center though. Oh, like Taves makes so much sense. He sucks. Uh, he sucks. We're talking, we're talking about it, and I hate that this makes as much sense as it does. Yeah, like it does, and I, I hate it. it. Even I, if the Blues tank, we're going to talk about the Blues in just a second. Even if the Blues tank, they will not give us Ryan O'Reilly. No. They will not. No. That that would be, we'd have to give them fucking like half our franchise if we were to get Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. But and I just, yeah. I mean, after this list of guys, like maybe if the Caps tank, they'd be willing to part with Strom. I doubt it though. I, would they trade a guy like Kuzi? No. 
no, they, they still believe they're going to win, even if they don't make the playoffs this year. That yeah, center pickings are not great, right? This this deadline, man, they're really no. not. No. So if we're looking for a second line center, I just want to preemptively prepare everybody. It might be Jonathan Days. It might be. I really think like he just makes like what other team would go after him that makes sense. You know what I mean? I mean, I imagine teams are going to go after him just because it's hockey. He's always going to have respect from front offices and hockey men and hockey culture and everything because he's quote unquote, such a great leader. I imagine teams are going to go after him, but man, that just makes a stupid amount of sense. Doesn't it? It makes a stupid amount of sense. You know who could get him? And I'd be that this would be a win-win if he goes to like Minnesota. Oh yeah. Because then we could Minnesota, still hate him even more. I, I don't know if Minnesota fans would take that, though. I feel like they would boo him. I don't know, man. Minnesota only really cares about winning. so I mean, uh, you could have fooled me. Yeah, you could have fooled me. But, yeah, I mean, I just had that thought. And we don't really have much else to talk about on this episode. So I just wanted to bring that up and see where your thoughts were if I was crazy. Um, no, you're not. Cr- I had that same thought today, unfortunately. If, and if they retained half, like the, the big obstacle salary cap. Yeah. If they retained half, it would be 5.25. I I don't know how we would make that work. Yeah. But that, that would be the biggest roadblock for that to happen. And that is the only time I've ever cheered for the salary cap. Yeah. Fingers so, crossed. Yeah. I, I just don't know how you make 5.25 work. Because if you do, I think that's your only move. And yeah. I, don't, I don't, and much, much like the Claude Giroux thing from last year. I don't think that's the right thing to do. No, it's the big name, but it's not the right thing to do. Yeah. Jesus, like, the Devils just scored again. They're up 3 yeah. nothing on the Canucks. Yeah, they're a wagon right now. I'm just staring at the ESPN Plus screen right now because yeah. I don't want to start switching for games in the middle of the show. But Jesus Christ. But yeah, I mean, we talked enough about trade. We're months away from that even being a possibility. So just preemptively putting that out there. But you, you kind of hinted towards it a little bit. A team that... I think we both predicted to be pretty good this year just based off of who they brought back and all those things was the St. Louis blues and Holy shit. Have they been bad? Yeah. They started the season three and oh, they were, they were the last undefeated team in the league because they played three games in like two weeks and then they've just gotten killed. Mm -hmm. They lost to the jets. They lost to the Oilers. They lost the predators pretty badly. Then they get smoked by the Habs. And then they get smoked by the Kings. So it's not like these are not just they've lost these games. They have gotten killed in their last five. They're three and five. Again, I'm going to tie this back to my fantasy team. Jordan Cairo specifically has been terrible. He has been like a minus 12 to start the season with three goals. And everyone on this team, they just look kind of dead right now. Yeah. They they don't look. Jordan Bennington, who could have predicted that he was going to be bad. Oh, wait, we did. Oh, we did. Uh, 882. So, yeah, he, he's not been good. Um, like they just don't like that defense isn't looking very good. I think Krug got hurt last night. Um, and yeah, I just like I still think they haven't just because the West is so bad, I think they're gonna make the playoffs. I don't but, know, man. Like they they're not getting anything right now, they're getting no scoring from anyone. Like I talked about Kyru and how bad he's been. He's tied for the team lead in goals with three. Like Justin Falk has been probably the only positive on this team so far. He's three, six, and nine so far. Tarasenko's got three goals. He's got seven points. After that, like it is a whole bunch of mid. 
Yeah, I mean, I just don't think they're like last year everyone praised them for having nine 20 goal scorers, but like a lot of those players weren't going to repeat that again this year. Well, the, the thing is, like, we talk about like the Devils being an analytical darling and always have been. Analytics hate the Blues and they've overperformed those for the last three seasons in a row. This might be just that catching up with them, like maybe some unsustainable play, unsustainable shooting percentages and everything. I don't know. This this one is probably one of the bigger surprises of October so far for me that the blue the blues just look kind of life. Like I I personally had them as or I guess I changed it at the last second, but in the off season, as recently as like August, I said like, oh, they they're the second best team in the West. Yeah, I think I did too. But they just they have not looked cohesive. Oh my god, the double scored again. It's four nothing. Um but I just they just have not looked cohesive. Um and I, I, they're a team that's kind of stuck right now because is this not a repeat of what happened with Petrangelo, like with Ryan O'Reilly? Because yeah. like the team, it doesn't really make sense to sign a 31-year-old forward to a long-term extension when your team needs to kind of – I don't think they need to go full rebuild, but they probably need to just retool some assets. I think I think they need a soft retool. Yeah. Where you, get, you move on from O'Reilly, you don't sign him to that long-term deal. You have Cairo and Thomas locked up long term, and boy, that that Cairo contract could age very poorly. Yeah. And with O'Reilly, I mean, he's got one goal, and he's a minus eleven so far in eight. And he's him and Tarasenko are really like the only two players you can trade because you'd love to get off Krug, but Krug still has term left. No one's going to take that unless it's the Coyotes, but you're not going to get anything in return for that. Falk is finally performing to his contract. I don't think any like someone would take Colton Parenko. But he's not. I don't know, man. Pareko has not been good for a while, and that contract is until twenty thirty. That's what I'm saying. So they can't move him. No one's touching that. Yeah, like you, your really only tradable assets are Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly. Who knows where they've done with Tarasenko? Like, has he actually been on the trading block? Have they made calls? Because he's had a trade request in for a year and a half now. Yeah, it it feels like forever at this point. I swear to God, when we first talked, they're like, oh, man, there's still four years on that contract left, though. Now we're down to the last one. So I I think the Blues are going to be fine. I think they're going to at least be in the playoff hunt. Worst case scenario, they're going to be around a wild card spot. I agree. I think they're going to make the playoffs because they're a decent team. They need more from Bennington. They need more of their depth scoring. And they need Jordan Cairo to be better. They need Ryan O'Reilly to be a lot better. But this could be a kind of thing where it's just like, oh, maybe we should have seen this coming in the in the offseason where they lose a guy like Perron and they don't really improve and that their series against the Avs really might have been their last chance. Because also, I feel like we kind of ignored this. The, the shortened season, they were bad. That was a bad yes. hockey team. They barely beat out the Coyotes for that last spot in the in the West Division. Like there was a, a real point where like, oh my God, they're going to do this. They're going to lose this spot to Arizona. And they really, really tried to do it because yeah. I told, I'm totally just having this all come back to me just now, back, back when I did the show alone and I talked a lot to the, the blue notes podcast guys, I would have them on and be like, guys, what the hell's happening here? And they're like, dude, this team is bad. They look bad. And maybe, maybe last year was an anomaly for them. It might have been because you go back to the bubble year. I mean, they weren't bad in the shortened year. They were first in the West before the season got paused. But then the playoffs started, and they did not look like the same. And they got killed. Man, doesn't that feel so long ago? Dude, that was their cup defense season. Yeah. Man, that that Stanley Cup for them feels like a long time ago. 
Yeah. And I mean, I, I just, I agree. Like the West is the central division's not good. It's, it's not bad. good. It's, it's bad. really bad. Like is uh, our, our number one challenge is the stars right now. And I think, I don't think anyone in the right mind, like the stars remind me a lot of what the Preds were last year. Yeah. Like you compare Soros and Ottinger at the moment, yeah. Ottinger's already hurt. Yeah. And we'll, and they see, may, we'll see what they, Dallas is without him. Yeah. They may like beat the Avs. They may take him to a game six. And that's the central division. For yeah. Them, right? Ottinger, I think if we did play the stars in the playoffs with the way the teams are constructed right now, very early playoff stuff, I think it could go six. Cause I think, I think the stars do personally present a lot of challenges for us. It's one of those matchups where it's like, remember I talked about Calgary before the season, like Edmonton, I think could be a better team, but Calgary's a better matchup against us. Dallas, yeah. I think is the, is the worst central matchup for the abs. Even if you went back to last year, I think that would be the case too. Yeah. The stars just have the abs number, Yeah, but it's, it's just, not even be- just, it's not even just their number. I think they just, They've always played well against us. They have the goaltending. And you know what else they have? Joe Pavelski, who... Abs killer. Abs killer. So, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be very, very, like... I think that's another reason I'm not panicking, is the Central Division is not good. No, It's just we, not. Yeah. And, but, like, the Stars are playing good hockey, and they're, what, three points up on us? Yeah, I get. I have this right in front of me. So, the, yeah, they're four points up on us, and we have a game in hand. Yeah. They're they're six three and one, and they're playing good hockey right now. Yeah, <laughs> like the Avs will be just fine. They're still going to win the Central. It's just I the West like the Pacific's good at the top three, but then the Canucks look bad. The Ducks have been surprisingly average. They're um, the worst team in the NHL, man. I wouldn't put that in average. I mean, they beat the Leafs, so well, not hard at the moment. <laughs> um, and I'm trying like who else in the Pacific am I missing? I mean, I mean San Jose's Vancouver, Vancouver, San Jose, and Anaheim are separated by one point right now, yeah. and they're just a whole big crock of shit. Seattle looks like they're going to be a 500 team the entire season, which and, is progress for them. Yeah, and LA, they have nights where they look really good, and they have nights where they look pretty bad. Yeah, tonight was but, like they look pretty bad. But by default, actually, I don't know by default anymore because there are three good Pacific teams this time. I don't know, but still, the Central's not that good. Maybe by default, they get into a wild card spot. I mean, let's remember here. I mean, Vegas did this exact same thing last year where they started really strong and then the injuries piled up. This looks a little more sustainable to me. Though. I think so, they, too. They, they started with the injuries and the Robin Leonard injury and everything. If Logan Thompson plays like this, they're going to be fine. Yeah. Looks, be yeah, Jack Eichel's gelling really well with the team. He had an overtime winner last night for them, I believe, or two nights mm-hmm. ago. Like, he's looking good. Shea Theodore looks good. Mark Stone looks good. It's not the same cup contender team that beat the Avs two years ago, but it's it's a good team that if they make, a like, a good addition at the trade deadline, you're probably going to have to take them very oh, seriously. Oh, dude, doesn't, ta- doesn't Jonathan Tate scream a Vegas Golden Knight, too? Oh, yeah. Well, you know who else he screams at? Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not going to be the only ones in on him. Yeah. So, so if, it, if it's it, any consolation, it makes sense for the Avs. Salary cap would be hard to make it work. And there are a lot of teams that would, I think, be a little more into him than we yes. would. Yes. But I think, I'm trying to think, is there anything else? Oh, Mold Arena looks fucking awesome. Um, Honestly, I thought it would look better. Really? I think it looks cool. I think it looks cool. But I, I think I was really buying into the college atmosphere. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen yet. Yeah. But 
I I've watched all three games they played there. I've watched more Coyotes games in this past two weeks than I ever did. And just to see the mold arena, like it's nice to see, I know it's only 5,000 seats, but it's cool to see a Coyotes game actually be full of fans. Were they full? Uh, it's full tonight. They're playing the Panthers. Okay. Cause I, I thought for the Jets game, I thought they said it didn't fall out, but I don't know. I mean, I've, I was really into it because like, like, Oh, they're going to get the college fans in there. Oh, that place is going to be nuts. I think it's, Oh, it's okay. I, I think we need to lay off though, especially oh, yeah. other people when it comes to the coyotes and everything. Oh, like all, oh, the, this all, is all an, the Canada people are like, yeah, this is embarrassing. It's an embarrassment to the NHL. Move them to Quebec State. Like shut the fuck up, please. Yeah. Like it's, it's an old conversation. It's here. Just who cares anymore? It's already done. They're already here. They're already playing games in it. They look at the locker room band, the dude, that's the temporary locker room for the away team that they're going to use like, five times i think after this week i think after this game then they'll have a locker room right they either have a proper locker room and yeah you know it's not great optics but it's a temporary thing while they like this wasn't supposed to happen no they were not just supposed to get kicked out of gila river i think my favorite thing is they're still sponsored by gila river aren't they so you still see that the casino logo. they're sponsored by the casino well, that's what i mean it was gila river arena for their old place wasn't it yeah and it wasn't I, them that kicked out remember richie said it was it was the city of glendale kicked them out no i i, I know that but it's still yeah. just funny to see that there because it kind of just reminded you like oh yeah they got kicked out of their arena yeah while they play in this college stadium like i i thought it'd be a little cooler but I also just think like, man, just lay off. It's yeah. like, I know everyone loves to to own the coyotes and just own them all the time. Like, it's just, it's just kind of old, isn't it? Like, it's, it's not it's fun. And like they're going like, I think for the first time in a long time, the coyotes actually have hope. Um, yeah. Because they're fully embracing this rebuild. Cause like, and... why wouldn't they at this point? You got four years in a college arena. There is no pressure to win. No. Absolutely. No one's expecting you to do anything. You can take your sweet time with this. And you get a guy like Logan Cooley who could be good. If you get a guy like Connor Bedard and another top, I mean, let's be honest, they're going to get a top five pick this year. Oh yeah. Like if, even if they get the third overall pick and they get Matvey Mishkov, the the Russian kid who is, according to a lot of people, the best Russian prospect since Ovechkin, but might take a long time to get over because he signed with KHL and also, um, yeah, we, we don't need to get into the optics of it. Yeah, yeah don't no. don't need to get into the optics of the Russia-Ukraine war, but yeah. that is a factor that would come in for Matvey Michkov. But the Coyotes can wait. Like that's oh, yeah. like they they can take their absolute sweet time. Like who cares? Like oh oh, we're only having five thousand people in the arena. Okay, we're not selling any more tickets than that. And an opening night for their new place in Tempe, assuming of course they get that approved they actually start trying to win after that. So you got you got four years to just build up the youngest and best prospect pool that you can and just get all these assets and then immediately go for it. Yeah, they'll be fine. So lay off them. I'm excited. I will be watching a game there in the next four years. I, I can book that. Oh, yeah. I we we have to find a way to make that trip yeah. before four years are up for the both of us. Yeah. And like, even like I was watching the first game, I was on Friday night against the Jets and they were talking to the owner and he's like, this is where the Coyotes fans are, are is here. This is where they're at. Like they're where I, where's Moldarina at? And is it Glendale? No, I, mean, I don't know. My Arizona towns, but it's where the fans are. So it, it's where they want to build the arena. Tempe. Yeah. There we go. It's at least but, close to Tempe. Yeah. So that's where they want to go. And just lay off them. They'll be fine. They'll be good. 
Yeah, so, but it's, I don't know. It, that like say saying lay off them doesn't get likes on Twitter. So no. it's it's more fun to say like, oh, this is so embarrassing. Moving to Quebec and everyone posts that same picture of like the Quebec Arena. Like like I'm I'm sorry that thing's just collecting dust, but you had your team moved. So yeah, because well, it wasn't really their fault. It was just their owner was broke. I was, so. Oh, I'm sorry. What owners? Oh, yeah. so they have an owner in Arizona who wants to keep the team there. Then that then they're gonna stay. It's literally right. that simple. That's the only thing that matters. Yeah. If the owner, if there are no longer any owners that want to keep them in Arizona, they won't be in Arizona. That's the same thing that happened with Atlanta. Yeah, it's going to be very fun. I just can't wait. It's going to be like, uh, my favorite thing is like, I did not realize that Canadians fan, like Canadians had it out for Gary Bettman. And I think Gary Bettman's out to against them. Like, oh yeah, that's definitely a thing. Yeah, like it's hilarious. So I really enjoy that. But do I think Quebec deserves a hockey team? Yes. Yeah. But but lay off the Coyotes. Yeah, like who? Give them an expansion franchise when this league inevitably expands again. Which who knows when that's going to be, but it will inevitably expand again. Like, give it to Quebec. You've got Seattle. You got Vegas. Like, I don't know what other American cities we could give a hockey team to. Kansas City, Houston, Houston maybe. Houston makes sense, but I like. The next in line is like a city like Quebec, but there's got to be some billionaire who wants to move a team there. That's yeah, it, it's all key. about owners. It's all about like expansion fees and right. an owner wants to move his team to Quebec City. That it's not like Gary Bettman decides where these teams are going to go. He has a say. And this, I I am not a Gary Bettman defender, but no. I think we I think we all need to have the record set straight on how the league works. Yeah. It's not Gary Bettman works for the owners. <laughs> right. Gary, Gary Bettman is the puppet man that we all yell at when things go wrong so the owners get away with everything scot free. Well, Gary except Bettman, Stan. Stan never does anything. Yeah, wrong. Stan has never done anything yeah. wrong in his entire life. Stan's perfect. I love altitude. I love Cronky Sports yeah. Entertainment. God bless. God bless Stan Cronky and his Stanley Cup rings. He's never done anything wrong yeah. in his life. We love a good underdog story, but regardless. His Gary name's the Bet- first one on the cup, too. Oh, I love that so much. E. Stanley Cronky. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> you, man you, you love a guy who just started at the bottom like, <laughs> like Stan Cronky, man. What do you think the odds are that he just didn't even pay attention to the team until it was a Stanley Cup? Final? He probably got a text that they won. Yeah, because he he doesn't do anything with him. It's his no. son who takes care yeah. of the whole thing. His son probably texted him like, "Hey, uh, one." Of, he probably didn't even say the abs. He probably said one of your teams just won a championship. <laughs> you gotta get to Tampa, Dad. We're, we may win a cup. Oh, cool, cool. I'll fly yeah, he probably wasn't even in Tampa. It was like, "Hey, the parade's gonna be there in two weeks." And he's probably like, "Okay, I'll move a meeting or something." <laughs> like Stan Kroenke, he probably could not name six players on this team. Ah. Uh... I think I'll give him six. It's pretty easy to name six, but it is funny to me that um, that he's his was the first on the cup because he's just so rich that he's probably like this is a toy for him. All the sports franchises are just toys. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Like sports teams are toys for rich people. Yeah, and no and, rich person wants their team in Quebec. Yeah, so it, it's very funny. But I want to transition that because while we're talking about them, did you see the valuations that got put out for the teams of like like. The Avs were 19th in valuation. I don't think that's super surprising. I think that's kind of where they were before. Right, but you would think they had Tampa at two or three, excuse me. At three? Yeah, Tampa was three. I have to look this up. I now. have to find this, but. But yeah, they had Tampa at three and I'm like, why? Like Tampa is, Denver's a bigger market than Tampa. Uh, I'm sure. I don't think they are though. I mean, I think there's just more money to be made in Florida. But uh, Where is this? Where is this? 
like that doesn't make sense to me, Tampa, right? Uh, I'm looking at this. Uh, Tampa is 15th. Who's third? The Habs. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I read this wrong. I was surprised Tampa was ahead of Colorado. That's what yeah. I meant to say. We're, we are in eight. Okay. Here's surprising. Actually, I guess this isn't too surprising. Seattle's ahead of us. Right. That that, that doesn't make but, sense either. But it's also they're a brand new team and they just like got their team bought. Like, I think that kind of makes sense. Yeah. But Vegas was pretty high too. Yeah. I mean, Vegas is Vegas. There's always money there. Like Pittsburgh just got sold to the the team that owns, group. ownership that owns the Red Sox. So yep. like that one's easy to make, but like we're ahead of Calgary and Minnesota, like Nat, like St. Louis is shockingly low on that list. Anyway, to bring us back to the Coyotes, uh, they're worth they're dead four hundred sixty-five million dollars. Yeah, for a context, like, the Toronto Maple Leafs are worth two point one two billion dollars. <laughs> and Tampa's one of the first ones to put ads on their jerseys. Maybe that's why they're two point one yeah. million dollars. Tampa's nine hundred ten million. The Avs are 875 million i I think that's fair see i just i guess the abs did have one of the highest increases in valuations oh geez the ottawa senators went 21 percent. i I think you you look at all of the franchises ahead of them like you're looking at pittsburgh tampa dallas long island vegas vancouver detroit washington edmonton phil like you you get the point i'm trying to make the teams ahead of them are bigger places than colorado and denver specifically and denver is better than all of those places i will absolutely admit that's just a straight up fact and you can't argue about me with me about it but i think that's pretty fair yeah new jersey surprised me how low they were that's that's a new york market and 825 million valuation for them that just that seems low yeah it's just they haven't done a whole lot lately yeah that's true that's true i mean who who owns them the, I, someone big owns them. I don't know. We're get we're really getting into the weeds here. We're really getting into the weeds, but yeah, I just saw that and I was like, I felt like the app should have been higher, but maybe it's just because I'm such a like a Colorado native that I think Colorado's better than it actually is. Um, but like a team that surprised me too, like the Sharks. You're in the middle of Silicon Valley. I thought that'd be a little bit higher. Um, San Francisco's a huge TV market. San Jose area is huge. Like I thought they'd be a little bit bigger. Um, Winnipeg surprised me how high they were. I thought they'd be a little bit lower because it's such a small market. Yeah, it's a smaller market team for sure, but you can you think for sure they make a ton of money. Yeah, and then actually, the no, that's a total lie. They don't. I think they're. I think they lose money every single season, but they're no, just, they their do. ownership is just so goddamn rich that it doesn't. Yeah, matter. they don't care. It's a toy for them. Yeah. Edmonton. I wanted to ask you this, and we'll wrap up the episode with this because we've gone way longer than I thought we would. How the hell have we done an hour and ten? Minutes? I don't know, but. How much do you think Connor McDavid brings to that franchise? How much money value does he add to that franchise? Because there's no way in hell that an Edmonton team should be selling for $1.29 billion. I mean, they did have Wayne Gretzky and all those Stanley Cup titles a long time ago. But without McDavid and Dreisaitl, I don't think anyone would be super pumped to buy that team anytime soon. Daryl Cates is also just kind of nuts. Oh, yeah. He's a crazy looking guy, but... He is, he's, he's a straight up crazy person. Like yeah. he's just one of those rich guys that is just like, if I saw him in an alley, I would run. Yeah. He's got that crazy hair. But I, I wonder like, how much do you think Connor McDavid brings like value wise? I would say something like what, like 200 million. I'd say he brings. He's and just very, merchandise advertisements on ice performance. He's got to be. Honestly, I, I got a hot take. I don't think very much in terms 
of personality and selling. Oh, his personality points. sucks, but he's the but best that, player in the world. Well, go up to someone on the street and ask them who Connor McDavid is. I think you ask different questions there in Canada, though. Well, that's what I mean. Like he's not. He's a superstar in the NHL. Where if we're talking evaluation and someone new is trying to buy the Oilers, they'd be like, "Yeah, you've got the best player in the world." Okay, like I think I think he adds value to the team for sure, but he is wet sand. Yeah, but here's the thing: like, how is an Edmonton team one point two nine billion? That makes no sense. Edmonton is a tiny ass market. Like, how are they selling for one point two nine billion? I mean, it's a is it's an old historic franchise. I mean, te- technically, the team value is a billion dollars. Two million, two hundred million of that comes from real estate, I believe. So they're worth a billion. It's an old team with a lot of history. It's in Canada. They make a ton of money. I, I'm acting right now. I do not yeah. know anything about uh, team values or revenues or anything. I'm just saying words that make me sound smart. So that's what I we do this whole show, dude. So it's we're good. Literally, there. the theme of the entire show. But- that was just surprising to me that Edmonton, like Toronto and Montreal makes sense because they're probably the two biggest cities in Canada. Yeah, it's um, Toronto, New York, Montreal. Yeah, like that makes sense. But I, I was shocked by the Oilers. Shocked. It's also weird to see the Caps are one step behind the Oilers. Who like, owns them? Late Lepos, something like that? Ed Leonsis. He's about to buy the Nationals, too. He's about to own the entire city of Washington, D.C. You're going to have your own Stan Kroenke. I love uh, Ted, Ted Leonis is cool. I like him. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, for a non ab for not having abs games for four days and the next games aren't for another four. Um, I think this was a pretty fun episode. I had a good time. I mean, f- we talk all the time. Like we can just get on a zoom call and just talk about anything <laughs> yeah. for hours. Like look at us right now. We have to restrain ourselves from talking for like two hours about like nothing. We're talking about team evaluations right now, <laughs> but to sum up, the abs will beat the Columbus Blue Jackets in Finland. I'm going to say twice. They're going to be close games. Um, lay off the Coyotes. The Maple Leafs are hilarious. Um, and there's a lot of good teams in the East. I think that's pretty much the whole synopsis of this show. Yeah, essentially. And should mention before I forget, because I will, uh, we're going to be recording on Sunday next week and releasing on Monday and then doing this again next week on Tuesday and releasing on Wednesday. So uh, instead of Sunday next week, we're releasing on Monday with another episode coming out on Wednesday. Other than that, everything's going to be fine. Scheduling issues. I'm doing stuff. Christian's doing stuff. It just makes sense for us to do it like this. So that's the only thing. And for next week's Wednesday episode, we will be doing this again. So we will surely find a way to talk for over an hour about stuff that is not important, but I'm we'll making a face right now because Seattle was down 4-2 with five minutes left in the third period and came back and won 5-4 against the Flames. Did Berkey score? I don't know. I just saw it flash across the bottom line. I have to find out now if Berkey scored because now it's going to bother me. I'm not ending the show until I found out if Berkey scored or not. <laughs> they came back from 4-2 to two down. That's crazy Veneers. in Calgary. Veneers, Gord, and Sprong. Okay, so I don't care at all. So anyway, we're going to wrap this up here before we take this any second longer than it needs to be. I plan this to be like 45 minutes. We've done like an hour and 20. So we're going to wrap this one up here. Kale McCarr shirt still available at denvernosebleeds.com. Use promo code TELEDABS. It is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. And you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at GYoungsNHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at 
tell it as it is. But that's going to do it for us. We will be back on Monday talking about the Avs two games in Finland against the Columbus Blue Jackets. But until then, let's go Avs.